Hey, man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Now on to this week's episode. This week on the Rock News Weekly Podcast, week of November 7th, 2022, Season 4, Episode 43. We talk about Nikki Six confirming John 5 will join Motley Crue on tour next year. Iggy Pop has a new album on the way with Duff McKagan, Chad Smith, and producer Andrew Watt. Tom DeLonge is making his sci-fi adventure movie called Monsters of California, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony is happening in Los Angeles. Plus, this week in Rock and Roll History Trivia, Weekly WTF, and so much more, all of our links are up right now at rocknewsweekly.com. And watch us when we go live. Chat with us and watch all the fun every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly. All right, it's time for the Rock News Weekly Podcast. What's up, everybody? Chris here as well as Dahlia. What's up, How's Rock News Weekly How's it going? listeners? That for me? Good. Yeah. yeah. It's been um, Good. a cold week here yeah, uh, where we live. It got pretty darn cold. Um, We're sure. trying not to turn on the heater. Maybe yeah. we'll have some cost savings for once. <laughs> We'll it's, see how it goes. It's like that transitional <laughs> month, right, from summer into fall that we're hoping we can save some money. I'm sure you yeah. guys are feeling that as well, man. We're all trying to save money, right? Uh, but let's get to the rock news this week. We had some interesting stories here. Um, and <clears throat> this week had a big announcement as uh, Nikki Six confirming that John 5 is going to join Motley Crue on tour next year. Uh, we were speculating that on the last episode. Yeah, and um, when we were at... Yep. Aftershock, we were like, you were like, why the fuck isn't John Five here? What's going on? I gotta I kept say, looking for him and looking yeah, for him because there's a lot going on. That on the was stage. the first thing that I knew something was up, and then when I heard about this, I'm like, oh, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. So when we saw John Five, or we didn't see John Five, rather, we saw Rob Zombie at Aftershock. The in lack there of seeing John Five. Yeah, it was the first time I've ever seen Rob Zombie without John Five in the group, and I'm like, something's up. Something's weird. And turns out that he was he's been doing this. Yeah, and it was one of the out of like the whole lineup. I mean, Chris and I have seen hundreds of shows, and Rob, I've never seen Rob Zombie before, so I was like really looking forward to it. He did put on an awesome show, but I did feel like I feel like I got robbed a little bit. But that's I know. okay. Still killed it. Yeah. So no, now we know where he is. No, you're right though. Uh, we didn't get the full experience because yeah. John Five was not there, but. Now we know that he's been doing this, though. Like uh, He's probably been really hunkering down, and he's a huge fan of Molly Crue, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, also, Iggy Pop has a new album. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, he's been working on it with Duff McKagan, Chad Smith, and producer Andrew Watt, so we're going to talk about that. I'm not familiar that. with that producer, but... He's the one who did the recent Ozzy solo albums. Oh, I like the the Patient Number yeah. 9 song. Yeah, that so, one was uh, he's been getting a lot of recognition with that, and he's done some other stuff, uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, Tom DeLonge is actually making a new sci-fi adventure movie called Monsters of California. Hmm. That sounds kind of interesting. I wonder well, if it's going to be cheesy. I wonder if it's going to be know. like a Sharknado type <laughs> It thing. could be. That's a good point. It could be. <laughs> um, but we'll see. So uh, we'll talk about that. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony actually happened last night. Uh, well, if you guys are hearing this on Monday, on Saturday, it happened in Los Angeles. So we'll talk about what was going on there. Uh Excuse me, Rock and Roll History Trivia this week, Weekly WTF and all that stuff. Everything's up, rocknewsweekly.com. $3.99 a month, you guys can support us. You get access to all of our commercials, all of our weird stuff. If you can't get enough of those, you can listen to them on demand. Uh, we do uh, all of our unedited episodes, our Aftershock Festival coverage, interviews, anchor.fm slash rocknewsweekly slash subscribe. So if you guys want to support us, that's how you can do it. But, of course, we always put everything out there for free. It's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, on Twitch every week, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly, 2 p.m. on Sundays. Um, all right, so let's get to it this week. Big story was, of course, John 5, as we mentioned at the top of the show, joining Motley Crue. So there's a picture of them. They've been friends for a while, him and Nikki yeah. Six. Um, and just the band in general, uh, John Five is a good friend of the band. He's going to be taking over live duties, so he's not going to be necessarily, you know, writing anything new with the band per se. Uh, they haven't announced anything like that. But so he got the easy job. He's just learning the songs 
and performing. It's like a kid's childhood dream to be able to. He probably grew up listening to Motley. Writing Crue. is like the hardest part, but like, what well, what more does Motley Crue need to write? Like, yeah. no one cares. <laughs> no one cares about the new stuff, right? It's just you keep the, trying. The it's classic. gonna be like it's gonna be like the Smashing Pumpkins new. I'm like, I know. no, this is trash. They lost the spark. Let's just hear the old shit. And move <laughs> on. Fair enough. Uh, and that's what he's gonna be doing. He's just gonna be uh, a hired gun. He's just gonna be doing the classics. Uh, which is nice. kind of cool. Must be nice. <laughs> That's gonna be a good payday for him, I'm sure. He gets <laughs> oh, to travel yeah. the world because he's doing the world tour. He's not doing the U.S. tour. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, Ultimate Classic Guitar uh, kind of broke this story, and Nikki Six explains why John Five was a perfect choice for the band. He says he checks all the bo- uh, boxes. He's an insane player, has respect for our music, is funny as fuck, and has got a history with us. And we've written some pretty big hits together. Um, apparently, he says in close to being uh, close friends with Motley Crue for years. John Five co-wrote a number of original songs that appeared on the Motley Crue 2019 biopic, uh, the biopic "The Dirt." That was the one that they did on Netflix. Mm. So John Five, yeah, me either. Uh, And John Five, not really a Crue fan myself. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, He collaborated with celebrated songwriter Desmond Child and Nikki Six on writing the song "The Monster Is Loose" for Meatloaf, and has played the crew uh, with the crew bassist in the L.A. Rat Supergroup which also includes Rob Zombie and drummer Tommy Clufetos. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Six asked if the band has any plans on packing it in after the next set of dates and answered, we have no plans of stopping now. We're having too grand of a time, and in eight short years we'll celebrate 50 years together as a band. How Uh, old are they? Pretty wild. They look good. I don't know. Yeah, well, they always have their sunglasses on, so I mean, like... Uh, as good as they can, though, right? Yeah. So, good for them. Uh, but here's a Motley Crue, or Motley Crue. That's Iggy uh, Pop. Yeah, too. let's move on to Iggy Pop now. <laughs> Iggy Pop, this is with Andrew Watt. That's Andrew Watt right there. Oh, he's just a young guy. Yeah, he's a, a young producer. fellow. Yep. He, what does he look like? He's in his 20s? Mm. Maybe got some new ideas? Oh, he, well, he's got the sunglasses on, so we can't tell. I think he's in his 30s. What's he wearing? He just wake up? Anyway, whatever. Well, I mean, when you're making that much money and you got a dope-ass, uh, you know, studio at uh, your house, you can you can do whatever you want. Looks like Andrew Watts, like, in his PJs with, you know, kind of a weird shirt. And well, then Iggy yeah. Pop looks like Iggy Pop always does with no shirt on and just some pants. And he's uh, just standing there in the backyard. And he's dropped a new single called Frenzy featuring Guns N' Roses bassist Duff McKagan and Chili Peppers drummer Chad Smith on the track, according to uh, Ultimate All Classic right. Rock. The new track is from Iggy Pop's still unnamed album, which was produced by Andrew Watt. He's been behind the boards for Ozzy on his solo album. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if he just comes out and says, uh, we're just going to call it still unnamed. Uh, <laughs> that, that would <laughs> be Could come up with a, thing. with a name for this album. So, so yeah, oh. Andrew Watt's a relatively new guy, but he's been doing albums for Ozzy, Eddie Vedder, and Elton John recently. So uh, he's kind of been making, making a name for himself. Uh, want to give a shout out too to our uh, recent followers, Broken Leaf, uh, Wendy. We've got a dog in our zero one one eight, and then Strange Day. Thank you guys so much for following the Twitch channel, and for everybody listening on the podcast. If you want to watch us live, chat with us, ask us questions, watch us do this thing every week. Uh, watch us at Twitch.tv/slash Rock News Weekly uh, every week, and we do this live for you guys. Yeah, so check it out. Anyway, shout out and to And sometimes the we have a dog on the show. So yep. This is Charlie right here little, making an appearance. Uh, little cameo from Charlie. <laughs> uh, Iggy Pop talked about the new track and the new album. He says, being stalked by a socio is a great way to fire up the blood. I'm the guy with no shirt who rocks. Andrew and Goldtooth get that, and we made a record together the old-fashioned way. The players are guys I've known since they were kids, and the music will beat the S out of you. Have a great day. <laughs> so, that sounds cool. Uh, all right. <laughs> Not if you're the one getting hey. the S beat out of you. Hey, chill out. <laughs> We're doing a podcast here. Come on in here. Relax. Relax. Daisy, she's 17 years old, uh, my dog. and She's fussy. She gets bossy. She wants us to... To cater to her, yeah, every, her, her every need. She's like, what are you guys doing in here? I'm hungry. <laughs> all right. So Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was this past Saturday. And people are still kind of divided about Where this. Where was whole that? Thing. It, this was in Cleveland, but oh. they actually this this picture here was in Cleveland. This is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but the ceremony that happened last night was in Los Angeles. Yeah, so, so I was like, oh, 
Okay. But this is the only picture I could find because the ceremony hadn't happened yet. Oh, so got it. Uh, by the time I got the picture. So for prep purposes. Yeah, this is a picture of the, just the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but it did happen at a theater. I forget the the Nokia Theater or something like that, uh, or what does it say? LA's Microsoft Theater. Oh. Um, it just this past Saturday. And look at this very non-rock and roll induction list, guys. It's been like that, though. I know. But check it out. This year seems extremely uh, non-rocking. Duran Duran. Okay, kind of, right? Eh, Oh, yeah. But then we got Pat Benatar, The Eurythmics, Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, and Eminem. Huh. This year's Musical Excellence Award is going to go to Judas Priest, so they're not getting inducted like the rest of the bands. And that's why uh, Rob Halford was kind of upset about it. So rock and roll, it's not like, it's just like the name of it. It's like... It should be it's called not, like the pop music, or they, they should have one. It should for each just should just be the music hall of fame. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, Duran Duran and Pat Benatar, for sure. Like, I would consider those rock, but in Eurythmics, yeah, I would all put that out. And of course, Judas Priest is on there, but I don't know. Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, kind of a little bit of a stretch there, but yeah. So perhaps if I may make a recommendation, change it to the. Uh, Music Hall of Fame. I mean, it's not necessarily uh, rock, in my opinion, with that group. Which one? There. I, I was saying I'm making my recommendation to call it just the Music Hall of Fame. I think that's uh, Dolly Parton, what, Lionel Richie. Yep. Nah, I think that's what a lot of people feel should be the case. Yeah. It's not rock. Um, early Influence Awards going to Harry Belafonte, Elizabeth Cotton. Ahmet Ertgun Awards going to the recording engineer, producer, and executive Jimmy Iovine. Uh, he's a pretty big, I know that name from stuff way back in the 60s and 70s. R&B singer and Sugar Hill Records founder Sylvia Robinson and attorney Alan Grubman. Um, so there you go. The event is going to include appearances and inductions by Bruce Springsteen, John Mellencamp, The Edge, Cheryl Crow, Alanis Morissette, Pink, Olivia Rodrigo, Maren Morris, and Zach Brown. Hmm. The ones that didn't make the final cut that were nominated this year, Beck, Kate Bush, Devo, Fela Kuti, MC5, The New York Dolls, A Tribe Called Quest, and Diane Warwick all did not make Dionne the cut. Dionne Warwick? Yeah, Dionne, I would definitely me. be, my music taste personally, I would be switching these out with some of those. Like, mad respect to all of these artists. I, I think MC5 hard. should be there. New York Dolls should be there. Um, Devo should be there. Fela Kuti, even. I mean, people don't know who he is, but he was huge in Africa. I would say a tribe called a Quest whole... instead of Eminem. Definitely. They use actual instruments and are very jazz-oriented. Uh, yeah, but... Compared to, you know, Eminem. I guess we're just showing our uh, our. Here's uh, a list, too, generation. that people have got this ongoing list of all the people, that uh, uh, artists that are not... Have yet to? Yeah, not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, I'm not going to... Huh? I'm not going to go through them all, but just no, a Durant couple Durant of them. Duran Duran is now. Oh, the blue is. Duran Duran is. Are all, well, this is their first year. Oh, okay. So, so this, this is an old this list. This is slightly out of date. Uh, you know. Yeah, see, I, I see New York Dolls there. Anyway. But New York Dolls didn't get inducted. But they were still. They were nominated. Yeah, they still got some recognition there. Oh, yeah, Phil Collins. That would be a good one. All right, anyway, so Rock and Roll Hall of Fame happening. We'll give you guys more coverage uh, when the actual ceremony airs on November 16th. We'll, we'll be able to see more from it and uh, report more about it. Um, all right, so Tom DeLonge, directorial debut. Uh, it actually found a film distributor, so it's moving forward. That's usually the hardest part. You have a movie or you have an idea, getting someone to distribute is the hardest part. Uh, Monsters of California is the name of the movie, and they picked up world uh, worldwide rights to this which is a big deal. So he also wrote the script, performed original music. It's about a teen and his friends who investigate a series of mysterious paranormal events. Yeah. Does it sound interesting at all, just that brief description? No, it does. I just wonder if it's going to be, like, cheesy AF or what. You know what I mean? We have no idea. Like, we'll see. And you know what? Well, With Blink-182, like, awesome for them. Like, they're in it. Like, they're in the media. They're getting a lot of attention right now. But part of me is, like, they wouldn't... In just again, my opinion only, they would not be getting this much recognition if there wasn't all of those media stunts with Travis Barker and Courtney Kardashian getting married, and they were in the media forever. You think so, do you think that was? Oh yeah, of- I think. Oh yeah, 
because then all of a sudden everyone and then and with Travis Barker he you know I guess drumming and on tour with Machine Gun Kelly and then it like disappeared. It's like this whole yeah. I guess it could it's be. added to like a new generation and, and, and those folks who are interested in like the Kent Kardashian folks are now like all about Blink One Eighty Two now, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I mean, he definitely is a smart guy, and, and Travis Barker is definitely the most um, Gene Simmons-ish of the group. I'll he's say. a really good drummer. He always, no, he's I'm always like playing high. I'm like, he's like, like he's like very theatrical. Not not <laughs> his drum skill. I'm saying oh. he's a Gene Simmons because he's the most like business oriented of the group. Oh. I think he's got the most like business sense and sees business the, savvy. Yeah, the like what you're talking about, like that kind of planning secretly promotion the whole time and then building it up to where it really connects and it's and a big deal yep, and yep. it's done right so we'll see uh you know getting rights for this well movie played. sounds cool um there's gonna be an auction from taylor hawkins tribute concert that recently happened they're gonna use a lot of the um the drums and different stuff from it and it's all going to go up uh for on julian's auctions for the charity Music Cares and Music Support, wow. uh, which were a big thing for Taylor, Taylor Hawkins. So it's stuff that he actually played, and uh, some of the photographs here of some of the things that he used. They're going to go up for auction. How so. much would you put a bid on for that? Just the symbol. Just the symbol. Like that symbol? I mean, you know it's going to go for probably five, ten, five ten. to ten grand. But I yeah. would say, you know, I would bid a thousand, but you yeah. know, that's probably not enough. No, I'd bid a thousand, <laughs> but... That would be like I can't do not for a symbol. No, and that's even a lot. I, I I'm worried about paying five hundred dollars for the the ride symbol that I want. Yeah, and it's really nice. Well, but it's not a Taylor Hawkins. Yeah, know. It, Taylor Hawkins didn't play it. Exactly. <laughs> but that's gonna be happening. If you guys are interested, I mean, if you got an extra thousand dollars lying around and you want to bid on some amazing stuff that's going for a great cause, maybe you know a tax loophole. And a lot of those people not that do me. these charity auctions... I just, I just auctions, had to pay off some credit cards, so I'm not no, you know what I mean? bidding no, on people, a thousand People know how to do those charity auctions where they're able to write it off and, and they're able to bid these crazy amounts because it's for charity. So if yeah. you know how to do that, then do it. Uh, November 11th through November 13th on the Julian's Auctions website. All right. Maybe some rock star will come out and, like... Bid like a hundred grand on it. <laughs> they should. Cause it's I, want the whole, I want the whole. I want the whole kit for half a million. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Green Day did a cool Halloween side project. They were. They did a. Uh, they played as the group called the Cover Ups. Uh. And look at Mike Dirt and Billy Joe. They're all both kind of like dressed up. The whole band's dressed up. Um, Mike Dern, I don't know, looks like a farm girl is, or something. Yeah, what is that wig? And I thought my Garth wig was bad. <laughs> he looks like a country bumpkin, and then I think that's Billy Joe, looks like a zombie. He or looks that, like Maybe a that's Billy Joe right there that looks like a um, kind of a, a lounge singer from the 50s or something. Yeah. Like a Rat Pack kind yeah. of thing. And then I don't know who this guy is. I think that's another guitarist, a touring guitarist. I don't Green know. Day. But there's, look at Mike Dern's playing the guitar. And this other guy's playing the bass, so it's kind they of a did, funny. Like, this whole look at all these cool, switcheroo. yeah. Look at these cool songs that they played, though. Man, I, I wish I could have been there for this. Thirty-six songs at the Moroccan Lounge in L.A. on Friday night, this past Friday night. Oh, they did good ones. Bauhaus, Misfits, The Cure, Ramones, Cheap Trick, Veruca Salt, Nirvana, and David Bowie. They even did a tribute to the late Jerry Lewis. Uh, pretty cool. That's the kind of show <laughs> that would have been fun. That that's a fun show to see. Yeah. Like your band, like having fun, doing what they like want to do. You already heard all their songs. I hear yeah. them doing something else and, and then, doing it. The you know, at a Halloween way. type thing. That would be. That's a killer yeah, set. What was that? At the Moroccan LA. Lounge in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, I've never been there. I don't go to L.A. a lot. No, I've only no. been to L.A. a few times. Not really my cup of tea. Those are those uh, things that everyone at that show will always talk about. You know, they're. Uh, oh, remember that time we saw Green Day all dressed up and doing all those cool cover songs? So, very cool. I, lo I love shows like that. I wanted to. Yeah, my favorite Halloween show was that time out. we saw Primus at the Greek Theater yeah, in Berkeley. That's, yep. And there was like this freak show <laughs> as the opening actor was this guy. I don't know. I can't describe it. He was like doing this like weird tricks. It was just. It was weird. It was awesome. Yeah, it was like a carnival. I love. We love weird. We're just weird people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. It was like a weird carnival. Yeah, yeah. Those are always fun on Halloween, no. those kind of shows. 
Um, all right, well, Corey Taylor kind of getting personal, talking about getting sober. Uh, he's been sober, so I didn't know this, since 2010. Oh, good for him. Sober from what? Alcohol. Oh, from alcohol. Um, and I think drugs in general. Okay. Um, but he talks about it on this new podcast, the Moon Underwater Podcast. Uh, pod, excuse me, podcast. Shout out to them. Uh, the first few years is weird, he says, about being sober. Then he goes on to describe it. You quickly realize how much part of your personality boozes become, and you kind of have to sort out who you are, what you're comfortable with, and largely just the habit of it. I was never a big beer drinker, so non-alcoholic brew, that wasn't the key. So I just started with sodas and then just kind of went to water, and now that's just what I do. And he said, to me, going out and hanging out at a pub or bar or whatever is more about the company you keep, and you realize at some point the golden moment is going to go away, so you just try to departure you're right around the time you're just like okay we got about 10 minutes before he becomes a super mess so i'm gonna split i'll talk to you guys later <laughs> you see the train wreck happening when you're yeah, sober you're like yeah you this see guy somebody yeah. on the gradual <laughs> yeah and he goes i try not to irish goodbye everybody where you just split without saying anything i only did that when i was drinking but i make sure that everybody's good i make sure that everybody's okay if anyone needs a ride home i'm the first one to do it because it's usually me and my wife my wife still drinks, but she's very social. She's way better at it than I was. Usually right about the time she's starting to kind of like, I'm tired. We need to split. I'm like, ah, oh, you have me it. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so we're out the door and heading for home. She's the cute. He's like, oh, you know, wife's ready. So they're like, it yep, sounds like okay. he's, you know, he's got the. the he's a good husband. Yeah, he's, he's, he's figured it out. He doesn't drink like a maniac. I'm sure he used to be on the road. Dude, Probably you know. drinking like bottles of Jack and all that. It sounds like he was a hard alcohol guy. Well, he said he didn't drink beer. Mm -hmm. You know he wasn't drinking seltzers. No. Nope. Corey Taylor strike you as no, a seltzer guy. He was drinking guy? like Jack Daniels or something, Shit. something crazy. Yeah, well, good for him. He's good 12, for you. 12 yep. years sober. Good Corey for you, Taylor. man. Uh, all right, this was cool. Okay, Jane's Addiction and Smashing Is Pumpkins. That Perry yeah, Perry Farrell and Billy Corgan had this cool interview, and they both sat down and like. Uh, uh, Billy Corgan. Well, they got to interview each other. Yeah. And they're talking about their first kind of interactions together, Lollapalooza, way back in 92. So I'm going to play the video for you guys, and you can check it out. And I think it's going to come through on the podcast as well. It may get copyright flagged, so I may have to uh, remove maybe, it from the audio. Maybe only do like five seconds. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to give people a little feel for it because it's actually a really good interview. Oh, okay. But this is – I want to give everyone on the audio – um, a shout out to watch this on Twitch when we do it live so you can watch this stuff before it gets flagged, you know, because I can't put it up on the audio with this copyright stuff. But when we do it on Twitch live, you can watch it. So that's a benefit. So anyway, let's get it going. I want to play this interview of uh, Jane's Addiction, Perry Farrell, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan talking about like their early days. So let me get to the uh, screen capture. Um, hold on one second, guys. Uh, Dahlia, tell a, tell a quick little story. Oh, my God. I'm not really much of an impromptu person. Quick little oh, story. Yeah, quick One little story, story. Personal story. story. I don't know. I was, like, super into, like, Edgar Allan Poe growing up. Like, yeah. all his books. Like, his favorite, uh, my favorite was A Dream Within a Dream. And then, like, lately, I was going to tell you about it. I've been having, like, these weird dream within a dreams. Like, I'm sleeping. I know I'm sleeping. Okay. And in my dream, I'm going to bed and having a dream and usually in my dreams it's like a, like an overview like I'm just like kind of looking out like I'm watching something taking place but in these dream within a dream I'm like actually like looking at the people in my dream and like kind of like can you see me can you hear me and then they're like turning around and they're like like one of them there was like this little boy and I, ooh, I gave myself chilled he, and he like, when I'm like, hey, can you see me? Can you hear me? And he was like walking with, I'm assuming a dad, they're like walking this water. I don't know. He turns around and he just waves and looks like straight into like my soul and like waves and smiles. Not in a creepy way, but like, yeah, I do. And then I woke up like it was all weird. Ooh. <laughs> that is a good story. No, yeah, no. I've been having like. In the last two months, I've had like three of those. It's been like weird. I, I I'm like a very vivid dreamer. So okay. Anyway, All right, we got the on. Uh, we got the uh, <laughs> video queued up here. So here it is: uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Perry Farrell, and Jane's Addiction talking together, kind of interviewing each other. So check it out. Reflect on the sort of the musical journey all these years later. 
You know, this was the MTV era, so I might have told you this, but I, I love that song where the guys are in the ice cream truck. I could tell that, you know, it was slightly tongue-in-cheek and there was something much darker. <laughs> and you used, you, you you used the old ice cream truck trick. Ding ling ling, come on over, kids. Come yeah, on over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, when we made an album in 93, which was Siamese Dream, you actually saw us not too long before that. We were on tour in 1992 in Denver, and you came on a night off of Lollapalooza, and you and Dave came to see us play. And there was almost nobody there. It was like 100 people. So when you guys came in about halfway through the show, we were like, God, they're here, you know what I mean? So we all freaked out because now we're just playing for yeah, you. Yeah, you get to uh, sort of like, oh you know my God. I know that. Like the minute you guys got there, it was like, oh my God, now we're playing for them. And you guys were standing over here. And the audience could see you guys, you know what I mean? So it was this weird thing where the audience is looking at you and we're trying not to look at you guys. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, the right person shows up. The whole night just becomes about that person. Yeah, so I'll forever remember that. As I told you recently, the first time I heard you was in Chicago. I went to somebody's apartment, and it was like a friend of a friend, and people were getting stoned or something, and the person said, have you heard this band, Jane's Addiction, from L.A., and they put on your first record. And I remember just sitting there thinking, like, I don't know how to describe this, but I had an instant attraction. And so after that, it was important to me to sort of follow what you were doing. I found interviews, and I followed along, and then we happened to play with you. We opened for you Jimmy's fourth gig with the band, in uh, 1988, Right as Nothing sh Shocking was coming out. I think I saw you live in before I heard the record, which is kind of a cool thing if you think about it. Most people don't have that experience. That's why the first record I wanted people to ever hear from us was the live record. We were signed already to Warner Brothers. I told them I would only sign if we could first put out a live record. I didn't know that. Yeah. I always thought, you know, typical musician brand. I thought you guys did it because it was a sort of quicker and easier way to make a record. You know, I didn't know that you'd ask for that. The idea being, I don't know if they'll ever get to hear us as raw and as energized as we are right now. I wanted them to hear us and know of us in our most honest, innocent, you know, um, when I say poorest, I say it in the most beautiful sense. We didn't have anything. We had nothing to lose at the same time. Yeah. And I wanted to capture that before anybody could ruin that. Wanna go? Yeah, so that's a cool interview. That uh, was pretty cool. I could get wrapped up in something like that for a while. I know, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, so, uh, you know, check out that interview on your own time if you want. It's on YouTube, uh, Billy Corgan. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins uh, interview with Jane's Addiction uh, frontman Perry Farrell. It's a pretty cool interview. Um, so let's get back to it, though. Uh, speaking of that, we got a show coming up. They're going to be in our area November 15th for everyone in the West Coast. Uh, San Francisco, they're going to be November 15th. So Who is the Smashing Pumpkins or Jane's Addiction? Both. Oh. Oh, they're touring together. Yeah, it's a co-build. Oh, did I oh. And they were saying it's been the first time oh. since that Lollapalooza <laughs> oh. era, so they're kind of reflecting on all Connections have that. been made. Yeah. So Amazon kind of made a big announcement this week that they're going to expand their catalog from 2 million songs to 100 million songs. They need to. Oh, my God. The Amazon music. Ugh, I, I pay for that. And so, like, I'm at work because I don't do this for a living. So I'm at work. I'm out in my office. I'm, I'm at my desk. And I'm, like, trying to find a good jazz station without having to go to Pandora because I have a good Pandora list. Yeah. And without, without having to go to YouTube, because every time I'm on U YouTube, because I'm not, like, subscribed, if you, like, close out your menu, like, you have to reload. So I'm like, okay, I'm paying for Amazon Music. So I go on Amazon Music, and I'm, like, trying to, like, put in, like, you know, jazz or, like, even, like, French dubstep. And, like, all of this garbage came, came out. I'm like, what is this? They need to do something. Like, we're paying for this. Yeah, and so well, good. This they, is great news. They they heard your pleas. <laughs> I, haven't even, I haven't even complained yet, but... It says uh, they're going to get 100 million songs in shuffle mode without any advertisement at no additional cost. Uh, Prime members listening on Amazon Music will be mostly limited to shuffle play mode, which is based on an artist album or playlist. Previously, the library only had 2 million songs and was available to stream on demand. Also included will be most of Amazon's top podcasts ad-free, including us. 
Rock News Weekly. Woo! We'll be on Amazon Podcast Woo! for the masses. Success. So if you guys want to check that out, we're going to be out there on Amazon Podcast now. So if that's how you get your podcast, make sure you guys tune in because uh, we're going to be on Amazon now. Dolly is getting some stuff ready for uh, we have a Saturday. Well, I guess a weekend tradition of making stuff here at home. And she made this apple crumble last time. It was like this. Describe it, babe. What's the apple? Cr- it's your apple crumble. It's like a it's apple. The one I just took out of the oven. Yep. Uh, well, it's apples. You it's peel. like an apple pie, but without the crust. <laughs> oh and, yeah, and apple pie without instead. the crust. You know, we're trying to you know cut out some carbs whenever you can, but you don't want to deprive yourself. So it's just apples peeled. Chopped up into bite-sized pieces, cinnamon, lemon juice, mm. parbake, crumble, brown sugar, flour, okay, butter. Well, it's time for <laughs> rock uh, birthdays, so let's get that rock birthdays fabulous theme music going. Happy birthday. All right, Rock Birthdays of the Week. Dahlia, it's your time. Man. Take it away. Again, I need that one thing, the enunciation on here. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm no, that's, putting that's in half the request. fun, is I don't give you the enunciations, <laughs> and you just say it. That, you, you don't give them to me, and then I just no, fuck the whole thing up. No, you just say it. No, it's great. All right, all right, Rock Birthdays this week. Chris Difford, singer, guitar, lyricist of Squeeze. Turned 68. It looks good Looking for his good, age. man. Yeah. Looking good. That's a cool guitar, too. It is cool. It's got like a violin vibe to it. Yeah. All right. All right. Corey Glover, lead singer, living color, Sonny of Danny Glover. 58. Sonny of Danny. <laughs> son, son of Danny Glover. 58. How old is Danny Glover that he's got a 58 year old kid? I know. Uh, Danny's got to be at least he 18, looks the 20 same age more as years than that. His so. son looks older than he does. <laughs> Anyway, I bet you he's 78. He probably had him when he was like 20 or something, right? Yeah, I guess so. That's awesome, though. He's, he's looking good. I didn't even know that. Anyway, they're still touring. Living Color still. Oh, uh, Anthony Kiedis, lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, turned 60. Looking fabulous. Yeah. He, he's made it this far. He's lucky. Yeah, he gave up Overcome. that fucking heroin and uh, yep. got his life together. Yep, uh, looking good. Yeah, he was scumming it there for a while. Keep it going. All right, Rick Allen, drummer of Def Leppard, turns 59. And a testament to everybody that's, like, lost a limb or, you know, if you thought something wasn't possible. I mean, it sounds like a joke being a one-armed drummer, but that dude's a badass, and he figured out a way to do it. And he made, like, a bunch of pedals with his feet to where it, it... imitates the sound of him hitting the toms the way he used to with his so other his hand. legs you know his calves are just rocked yeah. dude just rocked and he, he's a badass so yeah. good for him uh, that's that's really cool keep so. rocking Rick Allen only 59 he's I still know. pretty young looking good looking good alright Reginald Fieldy Arvizu the basis of corn. Arvizu. I think you say it like Arvizu. 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 You know, like the Borat guy. Uh, <laughs> 53. He's the last birthday, and it's a perfect segue into an ad that we have. We have uh, Are you our, doing our, the corn camp We have one? our corn camp ad, uh, and, you know, it's it's su- summer camp's over, um, but corn camp can always be in your hearts, guys, so... Here it is. Here's some corn camp for you. And now a message from one of our sponsors. Kids, 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 kids. Do you like corn? Do you like camp? Are you tired of the same boring routine in that dull Midwestern opiate-infested farm town? Punching walls in the arms of your friends and moshing in your stepdad's basement like a freak? Are you a freak? You're a freak! Then head down to our kids' camp in sunny Bakersfield, California, where we've remodeled 40 acres of shitty asphalt, old dollar stores, and tire shops into an Iowan-style corn maze and campground just for you, freak! Two weeks! 
weeks of 10 hour a day camp courses brought to you by our favorite new metal group, Corn. 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 Each day is jam packed with individual lessons from these grindy, whiny, screaming giants of rock, including Wednesday to Sunday, four hour nightly sessions on head bandana folding straight from bassist Reginald Fieldy Arvizu, a daily two hour nature walk. Spotting both alive and dead ground squirrels with James Monkey Schaefer on the side of California's infamous Interstate 5. Yeah! An incredible three-hour-long daily lesson with frontman Jonathan Spunky Davis on how to effectively ruin a hard-ass song with the 30-second interlude of whiny voice and out-of-sync instruments. As a special treat, former band member Brian Head Welch personally crawls under the blankets by your feet to wake you at 4 a.m. with fervent prayer whispers, then leads you to a wet spot in a lawn where he anoints you with the soot in the name of evangelical Jesus Christ. Brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. That's pretty disturbing. Bless, 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 bless. Hour of Power by 10-time Academy Award nominee and Moon Children of Bulganathon cult veteran, Tildy Sweeney-Doo. My God! Bedtime loudspeaker reading of Maze for the Gods, unearthing the 9,000-year-old history of corn, and much, much, much more! So tell your parents to get online now, you freak! Wow, corn camp sounds so cool. They better fucking bust out that almost maxed out credit card and visit www.corncampwithallks.com and bust a load of 2K on the best damn three weeks of your life at Corn Camp. Corn Camp. Corn Camp. Not an officially licensed product. Corn Camp not legally tied to ban corn. Special taxes and rates may apply. Not available to residents in the state of Wisconsin or to Fred Durst or any Limp Bizkit affiliates. All rights reserved. Rocknewsweekly.com. Corn, ca- good old corn camp. Good old you know? corn camp. I have great memories of eating cream corn at corn camp. Uh, you know, corn <laughs> on the cob. We did the corn corn baton uh, oh races. God. So many corn memories. I know? do want to check out the Freak on a Leash uh, pet brand that Jonathan Davis. Oh yeah, that is cool. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Davis has this pet company thing called Freak on a Leash, and it's uh, proceeds go to animal something, and uh, it's like you know little. Stuff with you know, I think spikes and leather and no, yeah, for, it's like rock and roll pet stuff. <laughs> it's like rock and roll pets. Yeah, we'll check it out for our doggies. Okay, we got some trivia. It's time for trivia, <laughs> so let's get to the trivia. We got some trivia, transitional music here for you. Okay. So let's do it. Trivia time. This week in rock and roll history, trivia. How's it go? Good. I can't do it now. I can't do it now. I bet I'm put on the spot. This week. This week. Okay. I try to. I should do like a Jonathan Davis. This week. Alright. <laughs> We're stupid. Alright. This week in rock and roll history trivia, guys. This week in 1974, this musician becomes the first solo Beatle to tour North America when he kicks off his tour. At the Pacific Coliseum in Vancouver, British Columbia. So, 1974. 74. Who do you, yeah, who do you think it was that broke away from the Beatles for their first U.S. tour? Was it A. John Lennon, B. Paul McCartney, C. George Harrison, Ugh. or was it D. The fifth Beatle, David Rootin Tootin Cocaine Shootin Crosby? Oh my God! On his first U.S. We're tour. We're just never gonna stop that, are we? No, it's. Um, Probably never going to oh end. Oh, God. I don't know. Like, who did it first? Did John do it? Oh, I don't I even know, know what, if 74 was first. Oh, the first. The first solo. So, uh, let me... Di- I thought it was let, John, but I feel like Paul... There, it, This is the first U.S. tour, North oh, American for tour, US. for a solo Beatle. So, they may have done solo tours at other areas or other parts of the world. But this is the first solo Beatle to tour North America. The very so first one. So they were one. in uh, Canada, okay. British Columbia, yeah, Vancouver. I don't know. So what I'll are you just, gonna I'll guess? I'll say George because I feel like no one would guess George. I mean, like I feel like John is like the 
Yeah, no, I don't know if it would be John. Well, I feel like it was John. John segued the whole thing, I thought, with the whole solo, but I don't know where he toured. I, I know he did a lot of East Coast stuff. Do you think he was the first one to tour North America? I don't know. I'll say Paul. S- Paul? Yeah, Paul. I'm saying Paul. I don't know. Okay. Dolly's going with Paul. Uh, what is it? It's George. Oh, oh, I should have stuck with my first. My with gut. It felt like it would. It felt like it was a trick question. It See, is kind of. It's you're tricky. Getting, you're getting a little tricky there. It's little, tricky. Little it's Christmas tricky. Trickery. But look, he he did a full. Um, it was almost a three year. Yeah, he tour. did like the Hari Krishna. Yeah, he had just came back from Bangladesh. The concert oh, yeah. for Bangladesh. He was the one that kind of led that charge. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, George Harrison, the George, first everyone's solo favorite Beatle. Beatle. Yeah, the first um, dude to break away from the Beatles and tour North America in 1974 this week. Uh, so there you go. And there's a DVD of some of the stuff from it. Uh, I found this on there, and it's a kind of a, I think this is a bootleg or... It's remastered archives. Yeah, so. but it's not. This isn't authorized by you know Uh-oh. anybody. It says a mm. fab production. This is like some... Some bootleg shit. But yeah. anyway, if you wanted to see it, it's out there. Uh, the footage exists. So anyway, um, there you go. George Harrison on this week becomes the first solo Beatle to tour North America. That is your rock and roll history trivia. Uh, new albums this week. Dahlia, take it away. Uh, do I have to name all of them? I'm just going to like yep. skip. You got to go through them quick. All right. Uh, you should give me like a 30-second timer. I'll be like, 30 second timer. Yeah, I, I'm going to sound like an auctioneer. Don't, don't do <laughs> that. No, don't that. Okay. Just kidding. All right. Uh, so. Uh, go. 30 I'll, seconds. I, I can't do it. Ah, my head's going to explode. 28. All right. 96. Out. Bitter Beings. Avoid. Black Anvil. Black Mirrors. Botch. Broken Love. Date Seeker. Devon. Disillusion. Dragon Hammer. Fleshwater. Frank Bellow. Ingested. Iron Kingdom. Morta Stigmata, The Offering, The Pretty Reckless, Rambo, Stranger Vision, Switchfoot, Tape, Houston, Various Artists, really? <laughs> Voidbringer, Void, Voivod, and Warlung. Yeah, there you go. Dad, my glasses on this week, so I'm just like zipping couple through. couple standouts there. Frank Bellows, the lead singer from Anthrax, so that's cool. He's got a new EP. It's called Then I'm Gone. Voivod has a new EP called Ultraman. And then Devin Townsend, as well as uh, the Pretty Reckless, uh, all have some pretty big albums coming out. So there you go. Let's move on. Movie TV entertainment news. This was an interesting story that I told you. Oh yeah, off the I air. loved it. I actually loved this. I was so like, this was a really cool story that I wanted to share with the listeners. Nothing to do with rock news, but it, I yeah. thought it was a really cool story in honor of Julia Roberts' 55th birthday, which was this past Friday, October 28th. A resurfaced interview revealing an incredible story about her birth has been circulating. So, it turns out, her parents couldn't afford the hospital bill when she was born. Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King covered it for them. In this viral clip with the interview for with Gail King, she explains how her pen- parents, Betty Lou Bredemus and Walter Grady Roberts, became friends with the civil rights leader. She says, quote, <clears throat> My parents had a theater school in Atlanta called the Actors and Writers Workshop. She asked, and one day, Coretta Scott King called my mother and asked if her kids could be part of the school because they were having a hard time finding a place that would accept their kids, referring to the effects of segregation in the 1960s. She continued, and my mom was like, sure, come on over, and they all became friends and helped us out of a jam. So I just thought that was really cool. And, you know, Julia Roberts' birth was paid for by Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife. That's so, awesome. It's pretty amazing. Love it. It just shows the kindness of that uh, man and, and their family. And his family. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And now a message from one of our sponsors. And now, playing at the Cannes Film Festival, a story about love, triumph, and overcoming. It's funny, you know? You know that, Joyce? Funny. Well, now you got me curious. What's funny? He makes me jam from scratch. He's so gifted. Oh, it must be a legal jam then. Good for you. Yeah, he's gifted. A story of downright hobo debauchery, starring five-time Academy Award nominee Matthew McConaughey. You're such a card, my love. You're so different. Billy goes scratch my back. Flim flam, flag of the flam. Peaches in my rock. Seedless. Oh, God, it's like poetry. Daddy says we can't be together. Teddy bear. For goodness. Riches and gold. God fears the fickle tickles. Betty 
was just a young girl growing up the daughter of a famous rock star with a secret. While you were sitting home alone at age 13, your real daddy was dying. Sorry you didn't see him, but I'm glad we talked. I don't understand, Daddy. I look exactly like you. You showed up on my ancestry as my father. Clearly, I remember picking on the boy. Seemed a harmless little fuck. But we unleashed a lion. Nasty teeth and Britta Reese's latest breast. What? This really happened? Betty had a secret. And her life changed forever when she met the Flim Flam Man. Oh, Joyce, Daddy doesn't know but the Flim Flam Man and I are getting married. Do you need a lawyer? Does your father need to have a little accident? Does he know your secret? Oh, Joyce, here he comes. My love. He he looks like he needs a trim. And clothes. He smells really bad. Trickery. Snatch. Cripple crab a crutch. Did he just shit his pants? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You bet. Starring Tidley Sweenadoo as grunge rocker Eddie Vedder's daughter, Betty Getty, Betty Getty Vedder, with a secret. A touching romance between the Flim Flam Man, a lost hobo soul with nothing left to live for, until he meets the love of his life. He's unique, a lost soul, a flower in the rain. Together, they craft their own alcoholic beverage, made out of krill, and form an empire that captivates a nation. Krilly juice. Krilly, krilly feats of smilly. Pickled my teeth in jelly. Oh, flim flam man. Also, directed by Oscar-winning actor Matthew McConaughey as the flim flam man. We made a brew from my shoe. And in her acting debut... Local litigation expert, Joyce Joyceless. Jesus Christ, honey. Your dad's gonna have an accident when he sees this hot mess. I plead the fifth. The defense rests, Betty. Brought to you by Krill Lager and Orion Studios. Betty. Getty. Betty. 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 Getty. Betty. Getty Vetter. And the Flim Flam Man. In theaters everywhere. October 2021. Also, Betty's a cyborg. That's a secret. Uh, but this was a really cool story from news around the world this week. Camera from night cameras, two of them, oh. were found from 1937 frozen inside of a glacier, and now they're trying to get the footage from I these cameras. I wonder if it was like a Titanic situation. Well, kinda. Look at the metal was like peeled back from it. Yeah, look at this camera right here. It looks like it's all kind of oxidized and. Yeah, there's a lot bent of up a little there. bit. It looks like it's kind of bent on one side. Ooh, wouldn't it be awesome if they can get the photos yeah, off of that's it? That's what they're going to do. Uh, so these cameras were left tuned. during a mountaineering expedition in 1937. They've resurfaced miles away from where they left. Amazingly, the film has survived. Wow. And, and conservators are eager to see the details of this Yukon trip. Yeah, look, there's like hinges in the front where it like would open from the back. Explorers Brad Whitford or Brad Washburn and Robert Gates had to abandon their gear and hike to safety after a storm interrupted their journey over 80 years ago. So a crew of seven recently decided to look for the equipment on this 44-mile-long glacier. Here's a picture of them finding it, one of them. They encountered cameras 12 miles away from where it was left. The footage will be reviewed and hopefully salvaged. It says, all this information of how this glacier has behaved over the last 85 years is pretty cool. Contribution to science. Pretty awesome, right? Yeah. That's that's pretty neat. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they'll be Like in that photo, you still see like the water dripping out in the front of it. I know, look at it. Like like, it's thawing out. Pretty awesome. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. Uh, hopefully we'll see some stuff surfacing online with that. If you want to go to the World Cup in Qatar, it just started. Don't be drinking and making a fool of yourself because bringing alcohol into Qatar is illegal and it's an offense to drink or be drunk in public in Qatar. Did you know that? Yeah, I, 
So what are they, like socialists? Well, no, no they're uh, Arabic. Uh, so Middle Eastern, so they have some like very strict things uh, according to their religion Well, will they like that. behead you? Like, What is the punishment for Drinking that? in public can result in a six-month prison sentence and an $825 fine. Oh. Well, and, though, that's two things. Well, at least you're not getting your <laughs> head chopped off. Or Six like months a, in jail, you though? You lose, like, one finger oh for God. each. <laughs> so during the World Cup, fans 21 and over will only be able to buy alcohol from licensed hotel restaurants, bars, and designated areas in and around stadiums. So if they find you anywhere else wandering around drunk, you could be put in jail and have to pay that fine. Yeah. Why would they even have the World Cup there, then? Look at and consuming al- alcohol inside the stadium during matches will not be allowed unless you're in a hospitality box. Ooh. So you can't even drink during the matches. So as well. they'll get you when you get out of the hospitality box. They're like waiting outside the hospitality box for you because they know what you're doing in there. Yeah, that's crazy. They know you're drinking in there. Um, all right. So did you hear about this huge asteroid that they found? Yes, uh, supposed- I did. It was like hidden in the sun. Yeah, it's supposedly a planet killer, mm-hmm. but. It's going to be nowhere near uh, coming in contact with our with our Earth. Researchers not in our this. lifetime. Yeah, they were looking uh, for space rocks within the orbits of Earth and Venus, and according to the report, the asteroid's diameter is 1.1 to 2.3 kilometers, making it the largest potentially hazardous asteroid discovered in almost 10 years. So that's pretty cool. Mm. They say it's in the top five percent of the largest asteroids ever found. Wow, that's interesting. You know, I guess like the whole planet killer thing. At least how you have like the um, the uh, safety, security, and knowing that everyone else is dying with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, so. we're all going. We're all, no way to survive this. Yep, it's not know. like you're getting left out or leave. You know what I mean? Or missing out on something because we are all going. <laughs> Well, okay, this was the it crazy is. thing this week, too, for oh, the last Elon story. Musk. I'm so tired of hearing about I Elon know, Musk. I know, I know. But I definitely wanted to throw it out there for people, uh, just information-wise. There's going to be a cost now to be verified on Twitter. The blue tick mark next to your username will no longer be free. He indicated that a verified account on Twitter in the future could cost $8 a month while describing this current system as lords and peasants system. I don't know what that means, but... He also added that the price of the uh, check mark may fluctuate according to your country. And people are describing this like they were saying basically he was trying to say, you know, the, his whole idea was freedom of speech, right? He wanted to take it over, make it a more freedom of speech platform. But it, everyone's realizing now it's you got to pay to do that kind of stuff because he's saying basically if you don't pay, your algorithm is going to go all the way to the bottom. All these, um, you know, unverified people that aren't paying $8 a month. Their information and stuff they share is going to go all the way to the bottom, and everybody who pays $8 a month, it's going to go right to the top. I don't even like Twitter. I tried Twitter before. <laughs> I, I can't get into Twitter. I, I don't get Twitter. I like, agree. I don't really. I'm not into it myself. I like how short it is. I like that you can't share like a whole you know, novel the way that people do on Facebook sometimes, which is really I'm annoying. I'm not even really on Facebook anymore. And Facebook is stupid as hell, too. I mean, I, mean, I am on Instagram, I will say. That's Instagram's the, like my favorite platform the, of the, them all. Yeah, the best out of all of them. Yeah. So hopefully they won't start charging Meh. you because that's going to suck. I all right. know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's it for us this week, guys. Rock News Weekly, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff at Rock News Weekly, twitch.tv slash Rock News Weekly. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. Rocknewsweekly.com. That's where everything gets updated. You can find all that stuff up there. Subscribe to us uh, for all of our video and weekly updates on YouTube and Twitch. If you enjoyed our episode, however you're listening, please rate us. Give us a a one-star, two-star. doesn't matter. Uh, Please, we'd love a five-star. But uh, however you see fit, it helps our algorithm and it helps people see the podcast. So that's what we're trying to do. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we go live at 2-ish. On Sundays, yeah. Now. Sometimes it's a little bit afterwards. Let's say between two and two thirty. But we try, we try and uh, stick to that two p.m. time, Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. Every Tuesday on Twitch. So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week. All right. Have a good one. Peace.